0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Thursday edition of the We Are podcast on DK Sports Radio. This is your host, Jared Prugar, and we've got a lot to talk about for Thursday. Penn State has played terribly through th- two games. However, the offense showed a bright spot in the third and fourth quarter against Ohio State, featuring Sean Clifford throwing the ball down the field and not getting sacked which should bode well moving forward against Maryland, who they've outscored 163-6 to over the course of their last three games against the Terrapins. Routinely, Penn State and Maryland has not been a game. Um, it's been a blowout more often than not, but this year anything is possible. Uh, they do have a new head coach in Mike Loxley, who is an African-American, much like James Franklin, and the two have a history together with both being on the staff uh, at Maryland when James Franklin was a the coach there uh, in the early 2000s. So there's a lot more at stake than just Penn State, Maryland. Obviously, it's it's personal. Um, Franklin has spoken often about his, his time at Maryland and the memories he made there, but also of his friendship with, with Mike Loxley, the head coach, so it'll be interesting to see how how fired up Penn State comes out, knowing what's at stake for both Franklin and the Nittany Lions as they look for their first win. We spoke it, at length you know, uh, throughout the week on on DK Pittsburgh Sports uh, on our site, talking about the evolution of the receivers and re- the, fre- uh, the freshmen. Sorry. So seeing guys like Parker Washington and Keandre Lambert-Smith, who's getting a start over Cam Sullivan-Brown in a lineup, it bodes well. However, they just don't have a lot of experience as they go into Maryland. So it'll be very interesting to see uh, the reps, the the plays downfield that, that those guys are able to make with Clifford. What has been alarming and what I think is going to be key against the Terrapins is how they utilize... Mike is or not Mike Gisicki, It's a few years ago, but Pat Fryermuth in the offense. Typically, Clark Sharakas' uh, offensive system is not set up to to make a play playmaker out of the tight end. But at Penn State, they've had a a, a really good run of tight ends, with starting with Kasiki and now uh Fryermuth. So, he's been held in check throughout the season. uh but with both Ohio State and Indiana. So it'll be very interesting to see how they can get Framuth into space and get him the ball downfield. Now, at times against Indiana, he looked like he was protecting himself. Clifford has not helped him out with some pretty bad passes, some behind him, some over his head. One went for an interception. So it's finding that chemistry, finding that balance between the two to help them click, Unlike, and that's something that they haven't done this year compared to what they were last year when they when they linked up for over 500 yards and and quite a few touchdowns um, getting those guys involved I think is going to be big against Maryland this weekend uh, 330 p.m. kickoff it'll be on Big Ten network for those watching at home we'll have coverage live on uh, DK Pittsburgh shorts you can hop on with me and listen to it uh, in our live file you can follow along and I'll have quite quite a bit to say in the comments. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they come out whether it's inspired whether it's uh just another game the it, lines are 0-2 for the first time since um 2012 and that was under Bill O'Brien and that was uh one of the sanction era years that Penn State was just struggling. So it'll be very very interesting to see how they come out and how they respond. Cuz don't get me wrong, the loss to Ohio State wasn't or to Ohio State isn't too big of a deal. Um, you knew that that was probably going to happen. It's normal. But the loss to Indiana and the, the way the way that it happened, the the penalties, the turnovers, the the just sheer lack of, of you know, any sort of ability to to know football. That's what you ha- that's what's alarming. You know, you come out in the second half in the first half against Ohio State and it's much of the same thing. The the penalties were down, but they're just there was just nothing going, and of course, most most teams and Penn State, I'm sure, is included. They script their plays and and see what the defense is going to be able to give them, and then they make their adjustments at halftime and and go go from there. But the offense just has had no rhythm, probably for the first six quarters of the season. Now they were able to to get into a rhythm in the second half against uh, the Buckeyes, and I think that bodes well for them in the future. You know, you had the the. The strong showing by Jahan Dotson with a couple of highlight reel catches, um, and and three touchdowns. Uh, that's huge for for a wide receivers room that struggled with consistency, both on the field and off the field, and uh, coaching and recruiting. You know, it's it's huge for a guy like that to come out and have a great day, and then a guy like Parker Washington to come in and and perform admirably, is huge. Um, getting, I think seventy three yards, uh, on the night no touchdowns, which it is what it is, but that's a guy that you have to really take advantage of and and youth will be served uh with him. So it would be very interesting to see how they kind of build off those last two quarters against the buckeyes because if they if they're able to to come out of the gates like that, I don't think they'll have any issues with maryland. Um but you know anything is anything is possible with with the way 2020 is and I think uh the first two weeks have definitely shown that with Penn State so it'll be, it will be. It should be shaping up for a beautiful day in Happy Valley. Um, and if they're able to, to build off of that, I think it will be great. I think it will be an awesome, an awesome opportunity for the Nittany Lions to get into that win column and start chipping away at the Big Ten standings because it is a crapshoot. Um, there are a lot of teams one and one. Penn State is in is right now zero and two, but there isn't a team left on on the schedule looking forward. Now, granted, we're only two weeks in, but there isn't a team that's that's got a winning record on Penn State's schedule as as the season wears on for the next uh, seven weeks. So, however, however they decide to go about it offensively, I think is going to really be uh ind- indicative of of the type of game that they want to have against Maryland and how they come out early, I think, is going to set the tone for how good of a game it could be for that offense. Welcome back to the We Are podcast on DK Sports Radio. This is your host, Jared Pruvar, uh, once again. You know, this week uh, on the site, I was able to, to sit down and behind my computer and, and on Zoom you know, be a part of a couple of press conferences with James Franklin, and and there's nothing really of note that he said. He kind of keeps everything uh, close to the vest, and that's just how Penn State does things. Um, when you're that big and you're that popular, um, it can it. That's typically how it'll happen. But one of the things that that he talked about tonight after practice is, or and not tonight, but uh, Wednesday night after practice and his weekly availability, it was the freshmen uh, and how. You know, they have to build trust and have to, you know, earn the trust of not only their coaching staff, but their teammates as well. And, and you know, before before the season, you look at you, the potential that Micah Parsons brought. And with, you know, even Noah Kane and Journey Brown and the talent that you see, you know, at one point, Penn State was ranked in the top 10 of the country, um, even without Micah Parsons who who obviously opted out uh to head into the draft uh next year. But now you're down Journey Brown, you're down Noah Kane in that that what used to be a, an incredibly talented running back room, one of the mo- one of the most talented talented in the country even. Uh I would beg to guess. And now you're stuck with Devin Ford and two freshmen in, it, in Keziah Holmes. And Keevon Lee so it it it's incredible how quickly things can change and how how so soon that they went from an elite running back room to oh man hopefully we don't have to use a walk on this game so it it's it's that's how quick it can happen and it and it happened against Indiana and then the the running backs really didn't have anything going for them against Ohio State um, and Franklin talked at length about that today too it it or on Wednesday night as well, so it it's one of those situations where you've got to get those guys engaged. They would not they the coaching staff does believe that they can do the job. However, they've just got to go out and prove it, and you prove it by the way that you go about your business on in practice in the weight room, and even in the classroom. Because if you're a guy that doesn't get his work done academically, then that's another issue that the coaching staff has to deal with, and that just is another knock against you getting on the field as a as a freshman. And this is a year where number one, everybody's the same eligibility this year that they will be next year. So if you're a redshirt junior this year, you're a redshirt junior next year. It's just the way the NCAA did things. Whether it's good, bad, or different, I think after the season we're going to start to find out, um, because Penn State, uh, as it looks, you know they have ten, I, I believe it's ten fresh or ten seniors that are of that eligibility. So how whether not all of them are are going to the NFL that's let's be real but there could be a, quite a few that you know decide to come back and that's going to be tricky to figure out scholarships and playing time and things like that so this is a good year as any to take advantage of that depth and while Penn State was never going to be truly a, a veteran laden team this year um a lot of guys like a Noah Kane like a Journey Brown, like a Michael Mennett, and Sean Clifford, you know they're they might be young, they might, but but those guys had experience last year and even in the years uh, prior to that. So, so they're it's not a veteran laden team, but those guys do have quality experience, and that's can be said for for many people offensively and defensively. But it's just seeing how those freshmen and how those new guys can adapt to the to the level of play in the Big Ten and at Penn State. And so far, guys like Parker Washington, uh, Keandre Lambert Smith, and even redshirt freshman Joey Porter Jr. have have really adapted well. Franklin uh, raved about Washington today, saying about how mature he was both physically and emotionally um, since he arrived at in Happy Valley, and and that I think is is the guy that that Penn State is trying to recruit now. And it's also in a position group that has not had consistency. Um, you look at how many coaches that they've gone through since you know, since Josh Gaddis went to to Alabama. They went through Corley. They went through Jared Parker. Great first name. However, he bolted to go to uh West Virginia he's now their offensive coordinator. So most of these guys are are, are leveling up. They're going for coordinator positions from the as a wideouts coach. You bring in Taylor Stubblefield, who had a storied career at Purdue, one of the best receivers to ever play the game in the in the Big Ten. And and so far having a guy like that around has 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 boded well for these guys. Um the performance is starting to pick up on the field with Dotson and Washington and guys of that guys like that. And and according to Franklin, he's he's earned the respect of the players. It's been difficult because he hasn't been fully around, and with COVID, you know the families aren't able to to interact with Franklin's family or or other families on the staff. But adapting to to the community in State College has gone well, according to to Franklin. And I it it seems as though this could be a guy that's there to stay. Um. So having stability in a, in a receiver's room that is full of youth, full of talent. I think is only going to make that room better. And under Shiraka, the it, it's built for, for receivers. It's built for guys like Tyler Johnson, who in Minnesota had back-to-back seasons of over a 1,000-plus yards. And if you can get that from a freshman and, or from sophomores, that's going to, to be big down the road as they earn that valuable experience uh, further on in their career. So the biggest thing for for Penn State at receiver is just the stability of the coaching staff because it has impacted recruiting. Um, And granted, the 2021 class is, I think, a little bit different because of just the limitations that they've had. But also, Penn State doesn't need to go out and get a a super big amount of recruits. Uh, they They have a little over 30 freshmen on the team now. And with only 10 seniors, there's not a lot of room. And with... And who knows how things are going to go eligibility wise and classification wise so it's it's going to be interesting to see how they how scholarships are handled, and that really won't be known until later in the season. but um, it's going to be an excellent opportunity for Penn State to get out on the field and get these guys an opportunity to to get in the win column against a quality big Ten opponent. And and to start chipping away so that they don't have to play that last seeded game on championship week. But I greatly appreciate you listening for the for the entirety of our episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, and visit our site at DK Pittsburgh Sports. You can find my work on the Penn State page. This has been your host Jared Prugar. Have a great Thursday.